0: Hello, Kristen here with a new thing. Okay, so the bad news. We can't all move to Canada if Trump wins. The good news is that we can face whatever is coming together. And the antidote is for facing it together. It's for monthly gathering where we practice building resilience in the body long before November 5th. So you're going to practice returning to your body, your breath, and your being when the stakes are really low, when we're just in a Zoom room together, so that you build those muscles and they're easier to access when you really need them. And in case of a Trump win, you will really need them. And in case of a non-Trump win, You'll have them forever and it will be great regardless. (laughs) You can find all the details at jointheantidote.com. J-O-I-N-T-H-E-A-N-T-I-D-O-T-E dot com. Promo code TRUST takes $33 off before March 12th because trust. Again, that's jointheantidote.com. Enjoy the episode and I'll see you on the other side. And welcome to this episode of That's What She Said. This week we're talking about how to find your voice when it's gone missing or been silenced, which sounds terrible, but it's actually, um, I think it's pretty fun, actually. A couple of things before we get started. First, this has been a really uh, difficult week for me, and I never say that. So if this is the first episode you're listening to, just please know that that's unusual. Um, But it's one of those places where, like, I don't wish to pretend that everything is like perfect and hunky-dory and lovely and wonderful. And um, it's actually been a really tough week. Um, And that's mostly because uh, Bear has gone to the doctor and his flu turned into the worst case of bacterial pneumonia that the doctor had ever seen. Um, And so there's just that like the sort of low-level fear that I will get sick as well as all the things that you have to do when a person is sick in your home um, and disrupted sleep and all that good stuff. So, um, if you hear that or feel that nothing is terribly wrong, I'm just a little tired. <laughs> and if you enjoy this, um, it's a great time to leave a review of the podcast or leave a tip on the podcast. Uh, and that's at kristinkelp.com podcast. You can do either of those things to show your support for, the time, energy, dedication, love, etc., that goes into all of these. Um, the second thing is that for the month of March, uh, one-on-one breathwork sessions are on sale, so they're $100. Uh, and you can sign up at breathehealrepeat.com or just go to kristinkelp.com um and click on breathwork it'll take you right over and just sign up from the main page there uh, i'm also going to do a live and recorded session of overcoming asshole brain so breathwork that is specifically designed for overcoming asshole brain when people ask how do I overcome asshole brain there are things i can tell you that are quite logical and that make lots of sense but they're not as good as doing breathwork for asshole brain so that's the specific thing that we're doing uh next week so sign up this week <laughs> And again, that's at breathehealrepeat.com, or in the newsletter, you have access to all of that. And then finally, this is talking more about voice, uh, which is the workshop that's going down on May 20th and 21st. And the deadline to sign up is April 1st, and there are seven spots left. So um, if the voice workshop is interesting to you in any capacity, if you enjoy this, if you're like, I don't know, should I or shouldn't I, talk to me. If you want to sign up for KK on Tap, and um, the voice workshop is interesting. The voice workshop is free when you sign up for KK on tap. So if that's the bonus you need, Come right along and get that bonus. Just talk to me, k at com or kristinkelp.com. Click on contact. By now you know how to get in contact with me. This is just me taking down all of the barriers and walls and being like, please just talk to me. That's that's all that's required. I'm not scary. I don't talk people into things. Um, I turn away more people than I let in because if it's not exactly right, then I'll let you know. And it's not a big deal and there's nothing wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with me. Um, it's just when it's the right time, it's the right time. So contact me and we'll figure out if it's the right time. So this is, um, it's funny how, no matter how many times I teach a thing, there's always a step zero that I miss that I then go back and correct. So a step zero is like, okay, I'm gonna teach you all about skateboarding. I'm going to teach you about, uh, which shoes to have, which jeans to have, um, yeah, and how to do it. And we're going to go practice. And then it's like, well, but you didn't tell me how to buy a skateboard. So I bought a really shitty one at Walmart. It's not working very well and it fell apart. Right. So step zero is like, how do I buy a skateboard? And then step two is I learned to skateboard. <laughs> so when I'm talking about voice, I'm talking about all these like sort of esoteric um, things that were inadvertently not step zero. Because if you're listening to this and you feel like your voice is missing or you feel like it's been suppressed or you've hidden it or it's just been gone for so long or you're broken or it's like cluttered in there and you don't know how to find it, let alone like fill it up, dust it off and get it going and going again. Um, that's because this is step zero and this is like, oh, we have to go and recover a thing before we can even begin to talk about how to grow it, change it, shape it, refine it or otherwise use it. So the first thing I want to say, and this is much like uh, when Kim and Nami says every woman can have every kind of orgasm, I'm going to say you have a voice. That there is there is no one who is an exception to having a voice. Um, even if you are physically mute, you can type things. You can write things down. Um you are not the exception to all of humanity. You are not the exception to worthiness and to being able to express what it is that you see, what you feel, what you've experienced. Um, so you are not, you are special in that you are human, but you are not so special that you do not have a voice. That's not a thing. So if I say go in and feel your voice or go in and find your voice, there is no one on the planet who's the exception. There is no one on the planet who does not have a voice in there somewhere you're not being able to hear, notice, feel, or sense your voice in no way means that you are broken. So you are not broken. You have a voice. That's where I begin. That is step zero. I will say that we make a habit of silencing and that can settle in and become permanent in some capacity. And that can often happen pretty early in life, especially if there's some sort of abuse. If you grew up with an alcoholic, if you grew up in a giant city, if you grew up with wildly flamboyant and amazing older siblings, and you could just be the quiet, one that sort of snuck away unnoticed. Um, we start to make rules about what we can and cannot say at a really young age. And we enforce those rules with greater frequency as we age, if we're not careful. So this is bringing consciousness to that act. Because it starts early and innocently. We stop asking questions because our third grade teacher doesn't like asking questions. When we ask questions or doesn't like talking so much about the stars and fielding stuff that she can't answer, or the boys in fourth grade make fun of us for beating them at math or no one else agrees with us about how creepy the sixth grade teacher is. So we must be making up his strange vibes, whatever. Those are not personal, except of course, they are very specifically personal to me. Um, we silence ourselves first and then society piles on layers with gender norms and what is normal behavior, big, big air quotes around normal and all sorts of bullshit like that. But with the initial silencing, it can be really, really helpful to go back and be like, oh, there's a pattern there. It's not that I'd never had a voice. It's that I shut that shit down early. And I made these questions, this whole thing into a workbook for you, which if you're on the email list, I'll send out. Otherwise, uh, there'll be an opt-in on the blog post that goes with this episode. So you can get the workbook and actually fill it out because these questions can be helpful to just answer in your head, but everything is a thousand percent more helpful if you actually do the workbook work. So when did you first start to deny what you know? Meaning, when were you like, that's a bad person, and then you were like, no, 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 because somebody that I know likes that person, so they must be really cool, or I must be reading it wrong, or when did you start to deny what you know? And then when did you create the habit of denying what you know? When did saying, I don't know, become a default that came out of your mouth instead of, like, yes, no, mm -hmm, uh mm-hmm, uh-uh. Because often when people say they don't know, in partic- when, and when I say people, I mean females. And when they say, I don't know, they mean no, but they don't have a nice way to say it. So like, do you want to go to Starbucks? I don't know. It means no most of the time. When did you stop asking questions about which you were genuinely curious? Like, how does the judicial system work? Why is everything... At- targets so much better than at Walmart even though they're relatively the same cost like <laughs> doesn't have to be a big deal question it can be like how is the color blue made in paint um, doesn't have to be a big deal can be really small but can also just genuine curiosity is an expression of your voice even if it doesn't appear to be related to anything else in your life what do you still wonder about um and again that might seem like a silly question but For those of you who started by getting your questions silenced, in particular, if you were a really smart kid, and like the 18th question in was when your parents just lost their minds, so you stopped asking 18 questions in a row, um, what do you still wonder about is a perfect starting point for reclaiming your voice? Because your curiosity is not dead. Your voice is not dead. It is merely grown accustomed to being shushed because we make habits within ourselves. And if you don't let yourself ask questions, then then you get shushed. And eventually the the question generator is just like, this is wasted energy. I could save energy here. That's all. It's not a big deal. You're not wrong. There's no judgment, but it can be reclaimed quite easily. Like what do you wonder about? What do you wish you knew more about? Which language do you wish you spoke? Uh, Which person do you wish you could interview? Uh, Which book do you wish you could read again or do you wish you had read earlier? These are questions that are not big, enormous questions. They're just sort of generative, like, oh, oh, the part of your brain that responds to my questions, that part of your brain is your voice. It's there. It's been there the whole time. The second step, which no one's going to like, and that's tough, (laughs) The step can be optional. This is not like a one, two, three, but it can be really, really potent and powerful to recover your voice uh, with the second step, which is get angry. When we've taken a a hiatus from using our voice, it, it can often come back to us as anger because anger is one of the only things we'll notice. And sometimes it's disproportionate anger. Like the person in front of you buying a train ticket is taking forever and you want to smite them with the power of a thousand suns. But you just went through a divorce and you have no anger toward your partner, even though he, she, or they were just awful to you, right? So disproportionate anger is a sign that your voice is trying to shake some things loose. I have seen anger, just genuine Anger that instead of avoiding it, when you harness it, it can, I've seen it help people to launch podcasts, to give up jobs, to start businesses, to leave relationships, to start over in new places, and to give up on projects they once loved that had gone sideways. So it's a generative force if you use it the right way. I have personally used anger to fuel my business, my books, and my philosophies over the past decade. And it's not the only fuel. Please don't, please don't misinterpret that. Um, but every time I see something within the industry that pisses me off, I ask why, and then I get really articulate. Often I am pushed about and sort of angered by like, oh, that's exactly who I don't want to be. And then I get really clear on why. And that helps to drive the opposite statement. So if I don't want to be this, then who do I want to be? Anger is really helpful in defining and redefining who you are, what you stand for, what you believe. And it can be really helpful with making articulate, simple sentences that spell that out. I've also used anger to leave my marriage after years of it being a dull and boring escapade in the land of pretending to be happy. Ultimately, it came down to I could take seven years of being miserably married and my uh, anger about my husband's refusal to kayak further out to sea so we could cavort with do- with dolphins is what ultimately like broke me. And I put the, the paddle of the kayak down and said I want a divorce. There was this physical, bodily... like. Listen, I can take a lot of shit, but when it comes to not being able to go play with dolphins in the middle of the sea, I've reached a line. And so anger is this, this like, there's a line and you have found it. It has been crossed. What is going on? And that's where your voice can come in because it will often, there will be a very articulate reason for the anger. If you just probe into it a little bit. So anger is fuel, not an emotion to be feared. If you are afraid of anger or you're not used to it you think like oh my god this is going to burn the world down or it's going to destroy the entirety of my life and everyone that I love or it's anger pretends that it's going to be this enormous like nuclear type reaction and in reality it might be like well I wrote a mean Yelp review because somebody deserved it. that's that's not exactly burning the world down. And so if you can just take the element of fear out of it and ask a bunch of questions, you're going to get some really good answers. Like is there anything your anger wants to be very clear about right now? And that might be on the world stage, that might be at a personal level, that might be at a professional level. Um it's just generally like is there any way that your anger refused to be refuses to be treated? Is there anything your anger wants you to see? And then just general questions like, what makes you wild with anger? Like you just, just wild with anger because that's your voice is in there. So if, if you just complete the sentence, I get wild with anger when, and then just go, and then there's a because there. And often the because comes down to, uh, mistreatment, abuse, disrespect. And so in those, you find like, oh, if disrespect for, um, for me, I'm going to give an example because it's getting too esoteric, uh, things that make me wild with anger, people that s- dispose of plastic in or near the ocean makes me so, like I literally just saw red thinking about it while I'm talking to you um, because that that sort of disrespect for our planet trickles down to destroying ecosystems and those destroyed ecosystems destroy the indigenous peoples that have been guarding our nations for the entirety of time and they take away um, so much from future generations and it's so short-sighted right but as fuel what can that help me do when i go to the beach I collect trash in my deep jacket pockets and then empty it into an appropriate garbage receptacle or recycling bin when it is time to do that. Like that's so it can become fuel very easily. Um, What pisses you off even though it's a small or petty thing? Again, not to be afraid of just a tiny like this is where my boundaries are. This is what I have to say about that. That's what we're going for. That little tiny voice underneath the anger. Which human behavior would you eliminate from the earth if you could? Again, it's going to tell you a lot about anger. When is the last time you remember expressing your anger? And I don't mean like beating somebody up with a baseball bat. I mean in any capacity. Raising your voice, yelling, kicking the wall, punching the door, um, screaming into a pillow, anything at all about anger. When's the last time you remember expressing it? And if it's been more than six months, more than a year, you probably are having that volcano feel- feeling. Like, if I'm going to let this out, it's going to destroy the world. And it's not. But download the workbook so you can just write it out, and then it doesn't have to destroy anything. And that same volcano feeling, what do you fear will happen if your anger takes center stage for a while? Because what you fear might be a really, really, really potent, good thing that could come of it ultimately deep down. Like if your anger takes center stage, your marriage might not survive. And would that be a bad thing? Because in my case, anger took center stage, my marriage did not survive. And it was a glorious thing, right? So it's, anger is just trying to push you a little bit harder than all the other emotions do because that's what it does. Because it wants, ultimately, I believe at its like deepest, most fundamental source, the universe wants you to have a voice and to use it. And so anger is a far more potent tool than, say, um, delight um, to get you to take action. Because delight makes people happy, but it also can make them complacent. And anger is like a fiery nudge to do something. And that's what we're going for here. So there's what do you fear will happen if your anger takes center stage? And then what in reality do you suspect will happen if your anger takes center stage? Because it's probably not as dramatic as whatever your fear says it is. And then step three, part three, segment three, whatever we want to call it, um, anger is enough to bring some voices back online Um, but a step beyond that there's follow the breadcrumbs which is actively following the trail of your lived experiences and finding the place or places where your voice has gone missing so where did you last notice that your voice had gone missing it might be big and dramatic like you have to give a speech and you have nothing to say It might be incredibly tiny, like someone asked your opinion about something that they assumed you had an opinion about, they weren't being cruel, and you had nothing to say. Or you just heard someone else's voice coming through your mouth that was not your opinion at all. When and where do you actively silence, quiet, or ignore your voice? So if your body is like, I would like Potatoes and broccoli, and you're like, mm, here's some liver and onions. It's like, I would like broccoli, and you're like, here's some ketchup. I would like broccoli. Here are some lucky charms. That little tiny bit is just silencing that inner voice, right? Or if your body desperately wants to go for a run and you don't, or it does not want to go for a run and you do, um, or if you're getting sick and you do that thing where you're like, I'm not getting sick, I'm not, I'm not getting sick, I'm not sick, I'm not, um, that where are you not society just you actively silencing quieting or ignoring your voice because those are the places that you can begin to stop that behavior and let your voice blossom do any of your friends partner or partners or coworkers, people you know relatives um contribute to your own silencing so who in your life contributes to your own silencing And if the answer is no one, awesome. That's a great answer. You don't have to have someone. But if you do, the more time that you spend with the person that you silence for, the harder it becomes to hear your own voice. So identifying those people you silence yourself for is vital to changing your behavior. And it's not about making you wrong or bad or judging you. Like, I am taking all of that off of you. That's not what's happening. Um, It's just trying to help you sift out the ways you can recover your voice. And one of them is... If Sharon just makes you go completely silent and complacent and agree with everything she says, then for a bit, can you put Sharon on the back burner so that you can hear this little tiny spark of a voice that you're trying to recover? You might also end up with, and here's where it could be really frustrating, a series of breadcrumbs that are really vague advice, (laughs) like just really annoying shit. Um, like you might get like, I need to do more yoga and take some supplements. And my voice really, really wants me to make art using yarn, like whoopty shit. Where does the big stuff happen? We will get to that, but those breadcrumbs are really important. Is there any part of your personal life that you've been hearing whispers about and ignoring? And that can be as simple as taking a supplement or which food to eat or what time to go to bed or where to shop for groceries, like silly, small, everyday decisions. They're like, don't do laundry on Tuesdays. Okay. All right. I don't, fine. Great. Doesn't have to be a big thing, or it can be a huge thing. It can be, um, your business is done. Your career is over. It's time to move to a different country. Um, It's time to get a different partner. It's time to collaborate with a different person. Um, It can be anything on that scope, but it's generally a whisper. And writing it down acknowledges like, yes, voice, I hear you and I'm ignoring you, which is very different from pretending that you don't hear in the first place. Like you are not a toddler whose mom is yelling at you and you're like, what? I didn't hear you say comment downstairs. Like there's a difference. Between that and, like, I hear you and I'm choosing not to go downstairs. Very different energy, very different levels of how much voice is being used. Is there any part of your professional life that you've been hearing whispers about and ignoring? And I totally gave all the examples for both in the last question so you get the idea. So first you acknowledge that you have a voice. You are not the exception to humanity you have a voice, okay? And then you trust anger for just a second to see if it has anything to say. And then you follow the breadcrumbs. And they are small. They are crumbs. And then phase four, part four, there's this thing that happens where small trust leads to big trust. And that's um, maybe if you think about when you turn 16, which in the United States is when you can start to drive, Every kid that was given a brand new, shiny, expensive car for their 16th birthday, I swear they wreck it within seven or eight weeks. Like every single one of them. It can be a great car, but especially like the more expensive, the faster it is that they wreck it. (laughs) So that phenomenon is going to happen here where your voice is like a, a little bit like a new BMW that can go really, really fast. You don't need the big engine and the giant red bow and the gears and all the cylinders firing just yet because they are a bit rusty with the whole driving thing. So this is not we go from zero to I'm going to put an expose of of me, myself and every dark secret I have on Facebook for everyone to, to consume. That is the opposite. That is wrecking your BMW. We're going to trust that your voice will return to you in small ways. It will whisper yes or no when you're meandering down the street in a new city. It will turn your gut when you meet a new person, or it will, like, in a good way, like, yay, or like, boo, do not do this. Um, it can make you buy weird food at the grocery store that might not even taste good, but that makes your body feel like a million bucks. For me, that's kombucha. I just go to the kombucha aisle, resigned but True. And i look at all the flavors and one of them is generally sparkly and i consume that one and i'm listening to my body i'm listening to my voice i'm not necessarily happy about the flavors but i'm still doing it trusting your voice leads to its expansion if you have five clues and you ignore them why would you get a sixth clue if you have 22 places that you are ignoring what your voice is trying to tell you that might be all yet for a while until you begin to go back, uncover them and be like, oh, there are 22 places I've been ignoring. I do have a voice. And when you follow those first clues, more will follow. I will say, BMW warning here, the more in- inconsequential the clues are, the easier it is to make them happen. So if your first clue is like, you need to go to Morocco Whoa, buddy. Whoa, 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 whoa. Unless you already live right next to Morocco, that's going to be a big expensive thing. And you're probably going to flail and flounder a little bit. So what we're looking for are clues as small as choosing what to eat at a restaurant, choosing a flavor of beverage, or for some reason you get dressed in the morning and you bring an extra pair of socks with you, even though you've never needed an extra pair of socks for any reason. Worst case scenario, you order the wrong thing and don't need the socks. Best case scenario, you choose a damn good meal and you're prepared with backup socks when you step in a puddle and you didn't know your boot had a hole in it, right? So small, 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 small things. Your voice does not come back to you with world-changing directives. It comes back with seemingly inconsequential marching orders. This might be the most important part of the whole thing is that it does not come back with these enormous like visions and downloads as step one it can but that's exceedingly rare it comes back with teeny tiny like okay all right i'll do that um this week my sort of Inards demanded that I trash pick a Barbie dream house that had been abandoned on the sidewalk, and I'm going to turn it into an art installation featuring wayward action figures and Barbie detritus, even though that has nothing to do with my career or daily life or anything at all. <laughs> and if you know anything about voices, you're like, yes, exactly. It takes a lot of trust to the get, to get to the point where you pull over and trash pick an item on a Thursday morning. Like, where is this project going? Why am I absconding with a Barbie dream house? Who knows? All I can do is trust. So that's the name of the game here. Is there a specific circumstance in which you can put more trust in your voice? And here's a hint. Using your voice to express opinions, thoughts, reactions, and creations, meaning this is what I've made, here it is, um, is always a good option. I'm going to repeat that one just in case, like that's an important one. Is there a specific circumstance in which you can put more trust in in your voice? And then where do you feel safe to express those inner whispers or instinct with another person? Those people are important people. Is there anything absolutely ridiculous your voice has been whispering for you to do? It might not be a Barbie dream house, that's okay. And is there any part of what your voice is asking that makes absolutely no sense? Because generally that means you're on the right track. (laughs) No sense is often perfect sense. Acknowledging that you hear the voice by writing down what it's saying, even if it's really ridiculous, like get the dream house now, or expensive. My voice wants me to see the California Redwoods and Morocco this year. Anything like that is an expression of trust, restoring trust between you and your voice. And with voice here, we're talking about your creativity, your intuition, your inner knowing, your wiser self, your highest self, all same there. Um, It comes down to saying, I hear you. I know you. I'm listening to what you're saying. The relationship you build with your voice takes time and trust, but it starts with three steps, acknowledging that you are not broken, that you do have a voice, letting anger live within you, and retracing the breadcrumbs you've been given all along. That's the formula for building trust and restoring your faith in yourself, in your own wisdom, and in your voice. And if any part of you is like, holy shit, um, yeah, this is what we do. This is a teaser for The Voice Workshop. This is step zero. And at The Voice Workshop, we delve more deeply into how do we make a voice that is resonant in the modern world? And not resonant like politician, populist, horrible rhetoric resonant, but like deeply moving, deeply connected, deeply fulfilling. Uh, we make a, a voice that is wild, wise, kind, and brave. And those are the places where we look and say, okay, if my voice was just a touch wilder, what would it say? If it was just a touch kinder, what would it say? If it was such a, just a touch clearer, what would I say? Or what would I not say? And if I was just a touch braver, what would I say? That's what we do. We go into those four elements. And when we have experiences of those things in our bodies, we can translate them to our voices. So this is an experiential workshop um, to help you grow and change and shapeshift your voice you can pay over the course of a year uh, it's less than 60 bucks a month and promo code awesome sauce yes a-w-e-s-o-m-e-s-a-u-c-e uh, makes your first payment zero dollars so you can come for zero dollars for your first payment um, that just registers you and then you pay over the course of a year so that is at slash voice dash workshop or it's in the main menu at kristenkelp.com, And there are seven spots left. Registration closes April 1st. I would love to see you there. I would love to help you um, make space to hear and to grow and to refine and to shape and to use your voice in the world. May you, as you go looking for your voice, be pleasantly surprised by what you find. May you uncover so many breadcrumbs you don't know what to do with them. Um, may you feel anger without being afraid of it. And may you use that anger as fuel. May you trust your voice and your inner wisdom more and more with each passing day. And may you use your voice to bring about a brighter, braver, and more just world. Thank you so much for listening. And I will see you next week. for listening. If you do not want to do this election season alone with your phone, I encourage you to check out jointheantidote.com. It's new. It's fantastic. And promo code TRUST takes $33 off until March 12th. So get on it. Again, jointheantidote.com. J-O-I-N-T-H-E-A-N-T-I-D-O-T-E.com. Join the Antidote.